Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is episode 52 of Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Nintendo Indirect. Uh, in our first segment, Zach, Patrick, and Scott are going to discuss the things that Nintendo uh, didn't answer at the big Wii U press event, and then after that, uh, Scott and Nate are going to spend a little time reminiscing about Animal Crossing. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. Today, I am with Zachary Miller. What's up? And Patrick Barnett. Hello, everyone. And uh, I guess as a companion piece to our uh, Wii U segment last week where we just talked about everything we learned, uh, this segment is going to be a little bit about what we don't know, what wasn't announced so far, uh, what, you know, what's something that's really interesting to us that we just don't know anything about yet. Um, and what are things we hope we discover before the system launches um, that may or may not influence our buying decisions? Probably not us three, it sounds like, but for other people out there who might be waiting to, uh, you know, know a little bit more about the Wii U before they run out and go buy it, which yeah. at this point they probably won't be able to find it. I was going to so. say they're going to end up waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, Zach, I think you kind of had the most uh, complaints after the Wii U conference complaints. last week. Complaints? So not yeah. complaints, <laughs> criticisms. Criticism. There's it's a different. difference. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about what you were hoping to hear Thursday and what you didn't hear. Okay. Uh, what I was hoping to hear most of all was I wanted them to spend more time talking about the online infrastructure uh, and less time on the TV. Um because they spent like 20 minutes on that TV demonstration. And after about five, I was like, I get it. It's a shell program. Move on. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they didn't talk at all about what kind of browser it's going to support. I don't really care, but but that would be, you know, I think diagnostic of, of their online competence. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know if there's going to be like an uh, XBLA or PSN type friends list where you can just, you don't have to go to a different menu. You can just see who's online and what they're playing all the time. You can join their games. You can send them messages from the home screen and you don't have to go into swap note <laughs> yes. to send somebody a message. I wanted them to talk about the Wii U version of swap note, which I guess is a part of Miiverse. Um, according to E3, but I wanted to know if they've improved it because as we've all experienced, Swap Note as it currently stands is a little bit broken. Right. Or maybe half-assed is the uh, proper term. And I I always like to clarify that. I mean, our situation's a little different because we have a lot of 3DS friends just by, you know, virtue of of being a part of this site and a part of the community of this site. So we have a lot of friends and there's a lot of notes going back and forth. I think SwapNote would work great for just the average person who has like three or four 3DS friends. That's true, yeah. Maybe maybe that's not actually so average. In their cases, they don't fill up that SwapNote queue where we have to clear out like 10 or so notes every 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, which is just absolutely terrible yeah. so. I, I spent a half hour deleting notes the other night no i'm so far backed up like probably four <laughs> months so oh god i'm just i'm just not even gonna try every time you open it up you download 20 20 notes yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, someone um, on Twitter, Danny Bivens, a uh, fellow staff member, was talking about how he was just going to delete SwapNote because he waited too long and he wanted to clear out the notes. And he deleted the app and re-downloaded it, but it didn't clear out it didn't his notes. And then notes. someone someone clued him in that what he needs to do is go actually into his like into his memory on his system and delete the the uh, like the save file exactly the extra yeah. data for for SwapNote, and then that will clear it out, and then he can re-download it and start fresh. Well, um, if he did that, wouldn't he lose all of his uh, stationary? You lose all of his station area. Yeah. yeah, you'd start over. Yeah, I've I've so. thought about deleting SwapNote, and I I put that out on Twitter one time, and and somebody said, "Where are we going to get 3D girly figure pictures?" <laughs> it's I true, said, Zach. I said, "A camera? Where? <laughs> a good camera? Um, do you still do that occasionally? <laughs> once in a while, I'll still throw one out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably ran through them all by now, right? No, I've I've actually. Um, I'm on my second run through because a lot of people said, please show them again. I wasn't your friend the first time. So, and I've gotten quite a few more since that first run through. So I've, I've been throwing them out every once every week or so. That's incredible. (laughs) Sometimes I have to do one girl more than once because sometimes she has an alternate costume or no costume at all. So, you know. And you see what's scary is Zach right now, for those who don't know, his his wife is in another city in Alaska and will be for the next handful of months uh, for, for school. Yeah. But the, the scary thing is this was Zach's life while living with his wife. So I can only imagine now that she's gone, like, what you're doing with your family figures. Not, nothing necessarily horrible, but, like, just switching their outfits, talking to them, maybe trying to feed them. Talking to them, <laughs> yes, talking to them. He's one of those creepy, uh, like, kitchen tables. I moved some of them out to the front on. room. <laughs> Yeah, they're all around you at the kitchen table. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are all talking about your days, <laughs> how work was. Yes. That's great. But so, anyway, anyway. Anyway, let's get back to the matter at hand. Uh, so, so basically you wanted to know a whole lot about the online infrastructure. Yeah, which and, is I probably... also, I, and a part of that, a big part of the online infrastructure is going to be Meverse. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, you watch the press conference and – they talk about Meverse, but no more detailed than Meverse is a thing that exists. They did right. the same they thing didn't... at E3. They just kept name dropping Meverse, but without going into very much detail. They did. Well, at E3, at least they said it's going to have swap note. It's going to have tips yeah, but... for games, and I think there was even less of that at the Nintendo Direct. Oh, for it was sure. More, it was more like, "Hey, remember Meverse? It's still a thing." But they yeah. didn't talk about will it all be ready. By the time it comes out, will will I the swap note functionality work? Will the uh, game integration work? How integrated will games other than New Super Mario Brothers we be? Um, will will it work with Nintendo Land? Will it work with you know when Pikmin Three comes out? Will it work with that? You know they they didn't really actually talk about Meverse. That mm-hmm. kind of bugged me. It kind of makes me think that maybe they were overshooting a little bit at E3 and that I'm pretty sure they'll tone it down for the launch. It might, it might get better with patches released later, but I, I'm just not expecting great things with online persistent online functionality off the Wii U, you know, when I open the box Mm -hmm. and that disappoints me. It doesn't surprise me, but I mean, Look at the 3DS. The 3DS wasn't the system it is today until December 2011. Yeah. And that's horrifying. 
Well, I, I will say, and, and to play the role of Neil, who would just, like, yell at you now and, like, bring up multiple <laughs> instances of where Nintendo's clarified this, yeah, you know, know, but I, know. I, I don't have the memory that Neil has. Uh, <laughs> he would be, he's great at this kind of stuff, but I do believe they have said that this stuff should be running, um, day one. Now, I know it didn't on the 3DS. I know. Um, they apologized for the 3DS before, Zach. And the, the, the 3DS did have third party games that used online, it did. but I have to, I have to think, that, I mean, with this being a home console, it's their step into, like, being equal with the 360 and the PS3. Mm-hmm. It just, you can't get away with not having your online infrastructure up and running. I mean, the Wii didn't maybe have games that you could play online, but day one, you could, the eShop was there. Yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, or not the eShop, but, you know, whatever they called it on the, the Wii. The even, Shop Channel. You could, yeah. shop you channel. could download you. a few NES games. Yeah, yeah and then you could, you could add... Friends and via friends. friend codes, and, and you could send yeah, messages exactly. from, you the, could add from the message board. codes and hope they added you and hope they connected. <laughs> yeah. and... So the, the online infrastructure, limited though it was, was in place for the Wii when that launched. So sure. I have to think with the Wii U, it'll be up and running. Um, but I do agree that it would be nice to know some more details. I mean, with Miiverse sounds pretty interesting, and I like the idea of like this sort of visual display of like what your friends and what other people in the world are playing and doing like that sounds all really cool and neat but i do agree that there's so many questions about just friend friendless i mean just as simple as that i mean nintendo's just been so afraid of doing something like that and i I think the 3ds is a step in the right direction it is um but i do agree that the wii u just needs to take it a step further and the other big thing i think people want to know about is like unified accounts yeah oh right Yep. I mean, that, that, that was going to be one of my big things, the eShop itself. Like, what exactly, how how exactly will it work? Will it tie in with your 3DS so you can make that account, like, unified account system between both your 3DS and your Wii U? Will it tie in with your Club Nintendo account? That's yeah. the big thing. Like, I think you should be able to do all the Club Nintendo stuff just from the Wii U now. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to. Um, you know, there could be a channel. I don't know if they're still referring to things as channels in the Wii U. Maybe not. But it should be, you know, functionality built in right there. You just go to it. You can, you know... I mean, you could have a code, and there you go. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be easy. Do your surveys right from the the gamepad and stuff. Um, that would be really cool. But I do agree that we a unified account would just go so far and like making Nintendo appear like they've really got it with the online stuff. Because I mean, like, okay, great, you can transfer your stuff from the Wii to the Wii U, but like, you have to have both systems hooked up and running. You have to have an SD mm-hmm. card to swap between them. They have to both be online. I mean, it's just crazy that if you could just log into your account, you could just download right. what you want, you know? I understand for save data, you might still have to do something like this, but just for actual, like, getting the licenses to the games. Yeah, just um, every other company on the planet has figured this out. You know, yeah. Xbox and PlayStation and Steam and probably other more primitive consoles. I can't think of any <laughs> right now, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nintendo's really married to this tying the console to the license, which is so bizarre. And, you know, poor Johnny Metz had had to deal with this firsthand when he lost his 3DS. He couldn't just buy a 3DS. He had to call up a Nintendo rep and get a police report and send it to him. And then they they didn't actually let him re-download the games. They just gave him a lot of eShop money. Yeah, that's right. The only licenses they renewed were his ambassador licenses. Right. So weird. It is. It just seems like more trouble, more trouble than it should be. Right. It, it <laughs> the, seems the, like more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. This this day and age, it shouldn't be that complicated yeah. <laughs> to re-download software that you've you've purchased and yeah. downloaded. 
I mean, it, it seems, I mean, with hurdles like that, it would almost encourage piracy, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know how easy that is in the 3DS compared to the, how it was on the DS. Um, but still, you know, it's just not very user-friendly. Right. And here's another question about the eShop. When I turn on the uh, Wii U, will the, the next day after I've slept uh, <laughs> and gone to work, so, no, it's Sunday morning, but whatever. Anyway, uh, when I turn it on and go to the eShop, the Wii U eShop, do you think all of the Nintendo Channel or Nintendo Shop Channel games will be on the eShop? No. no. I don't think it right away. You think that's the direction they'll go? Will I eventually be able to buy, you know, Gunstar Heroes on the Wii U Shop Channel? Maybe. Um, it, it's weird because it, I think it's been confirmed, kind of confirmed, that you're not going to be able to play your VC and WiiWare games on the uh, on the game on the pad. Wii U gamepad. So why would in they fact I believe I believe it boots into Wii mode. Yeah, when you right. play a virtual console game from your Wii, mm-hmm. that's weird. Yeah. So I wonder if the Wii U shop will be an entirely separate thing, and. I wonder like like if, how the 3DS eShop, it, it's reselling like virtual console NES games. Yeah, like, I, like it like, has its own emulation. Yeah, like am I going to be buying The Legend of Zelda for a third time on my <laughs> Wii U? <laughs> exactly, if you don't want to boot it into, into Wii mode, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wonder about that, I really do. Yeah, that that's pretty interesting. Um Stuff right there. Are they just gonna re-release games that were already on the the Wii eShop as like yeah Wii U eShop titles? Like you said, like maybe with increased functionality, like the ability to play on the gamepad and stuff yeah. like that. It just seems stupid enough to be possible, <laughs> <laughs> you know. This um, is so stupid; it might actually happen. Right. Or on the other hand, will all virtual console games uh, just continue to boot in Wii mode? So, like, let's say mm-hmm. Wii U comes out, and then like a month later, they release I don't know, like Yoshi's Island or something on the <laughs> you know on the virtual console. It right. probably won't happen. But let's say they do. Like, will will that boot in Wii mode regardless of where you download it? You know, are they just going to keep virtual console games using Wii emulation? You know, I just question. don't know. But yeah, that's when we a found... good question. <laughs> but when we found out that you couldn't play these, I and mean, we're still not a hundred percent sure, but that seems to be how it was worded that you can't stream these to the gamepad. Right. I mean, that just seems like such a missed opportunity. I mean, I was really excited about being able to just to, like sit on the couch and play yeah. Super Metroid or something, you know, like Me too. while my girlfriend's watching TV or you know, th- those are the kinds of games that would be perfect for the gamepad. Right. You know? Yeah. Um. But they have announced. I mean, they have announced some Wii U shop games like. Mighty Switch Force HD and trying to, and if there are other ones, I haven't been paying attention. But uh, oh, um, oh Mutant, Mutant Muds Deluxe. Mutant Muds Deluxe. Oh, yeah. that'll be good. But I think Mutant Muds Deluxe is probably just Mutant Muds with the extra levels that they're yeah. going to let you download for free on the 3DS. It's the same probably. thing with Mighty Which Switch Force. Which is fine. The Mighty, HD Mighty Switch Force though has completely different graphics. That's true. And it and it'll have new. Um, uh, from what I hear, it'll have new bonus features. That yeah. are exclusive to the Wii U, but either way, um, uh, actually, I don't think Mutant Muds would be as appealing if it had like HD, you know, animated graphics. That game right. is perfect as it is. That's that's neither here nor there. Th- those have been the only games they've released for the or they've said are going to be on the eShop. Not the only ones. I'm sure there are more, but those are the only ones I know off the top of my head. 
There's they a haven't nano announced. Assault. Oh, nano runner assault. Yeah, you're right. Trying to. I said that one. Yeah. A run, runner two. Runner two. I don't even yeah. know what that is. Like by Bit, Bit Trip Runner. You yeah. know those games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Chasing Aurora, Toki Tori two. Okay. Well, yeah. the yeah. point is they haven't There's announced. A long list. They haven't announced any kind of virtual console service. No, they have not. Not NES, Super Nintendo, N64. I think we'd all like GameCube to be on there. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to hear about what their virtual console plans are going to be. Well, it sounds like if um, if there is going to be this, like, Wii mode on the Wii U, where that's where it runs, like, Wii software as well as virtual console games, then that's the perfect time to start releasing GameCube games, because then it will just run in Wii mode as if the Wii was playing the GameCube disc. Um, oh yeah. So I'm, it's it seems totally logical that they 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 could do it. I mean, if it if the Wii U has the ability to basically just turn into a Wii, then bam, like they don't have to worry about like trying to figure out how to get the GameCube games to work on Wii U. Like Very it's built true. into the Wii the Wii software. So. Very true. Yeah. So or the Wii operating system. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I just I've got no problem with this like quote unquote Wii mode. I just wish it would come to the gamepad. That that's my only like. And maybe it will in a that. patch someday. Yeah, who knows? And I mean, like we said, we haven't had it 100% confirmed, and it seems like it shouldn't be that that difficult. I know. To do. If it can stream, you know, HD video to your gamepad, it should be able to uh, stream Mario Brothers. Just stream whatever the heck's on the, the TV screen yeah. to the gamepad. You yeah, know, like yeah. it, it doesn't seem like it should be that difficult. Um, but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, I mean, it, it could be part of the fact that it does run in this quote unquote. Wii mode, you know, to save them creating new emulation software for the Wii U. So once it's in Wii mode, it loses all like Wii U functionality. That's so probably what can't... it is, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's a bummer. I, I hope they can work something out with that because that's a future I was really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Um, but while we're talking about the uh, eShop and all that great stuff, let's read a listener submission that we had. Um, this came from, this come from Facebook or Twitter? This, this, this one was Twitter. One. Okay, this was from Twitter. It was out from our good old friend Donald Nick Shaman. You know, he probably has a couple other names in there. I'm forgetting. From Nintendo Free Radio, if I uh, am not yes. mistaken. Yes. Yeah, local, or uh, I guess, um, you know, another podcast legend like ourselves. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his question uh, Is the eShop going to use money like the 3DS, or do we have Nintendo points evolving to Wii U shop points again? I'm sure it'll be money. Yeah, it'll go money. After yeah. 3DS, I'm sure it'll be money. Which has been so nice. Oh, right. So especially nice. That, especially that button that says, only needed funds. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> I don't even know why the other options are even there. Yeah, you can pay exactly what you need, and you could put, you could put $50 on your account. I mean, we're just saying we're not going to stop you if you right. just want to give us $50 right, right. now for the, like the three bucks you owe. We're not going to stop you. No. But yeah, I, I don't see any reason to go back to points now. Um, I don't know why they had points in the first place. I think they were just following Xbox's like precedent. I mean, Xbox oh. 360 launched with Microsoft points, and it was like, well, I guess that's what you do. Yeah. Um, and then the PS3 came right out of the gate with just charging you know, actual dollar values. And right. I guess with 3DS, they thought that was more convenient. At least with the um, the Wii, it was like 100 points is a dollar. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, the conversions were easy. 360 is just. I have no idea how much I'm spending when I buy <laughs> like, an XBLA game. Yeah, it's like a game 1600 points. That's twenty two dollars. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's they're not, they're much, not called but... Xbox uh, points. They're called Allards. And Nintendo points are Reggies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
What about PS3? That's that uses money. <laughs> no, I guess that's true. So no, no snazzy nickname. It's for called that. dollars and cents, yo. Called the narrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely Skrilla. it's going to use. Definitely going to use real money. Yeah. Um, no, with, without a doubt. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, well, Patrick, did you have anything else that like apart from unified accounts that wasn't talked about that? you're still curious about the the one thing i really want to know about is the home screen itself like how is everything oh, yeah. tied together like at e3 we saw that uh that screen where it was just like pictures of like i guess different games like there was a mario a boo a yoshi i think and the mii's were just gathering around it yeah and it, is that like a miiverse screen or is that a home screen i i don't know i think that was a miiverse screen okay but well I wonder if that is the home screen. Right, but That's when what I'm you thinking. right when you launch the game to, or when you launch the Wii U, like is that just the screen you arrive at? Right, you know, you just see all your icons for your various programs and games and stuff, yeah. and then you know you there's me surrounding them, showing what you what everyone's playing. Like, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm fine with that. That seems functional enough. Yeah, I wonder if it become an issue like how much can you actually get on the screen? Like, is it a good use of space? I don't know. I really like Something the like 3DS's that. setup. Yeah, with the folders and everything now on the yeah. 3DS makes it perfect. <laughs> I just wish you could name the folders more than a letter. I've gotten to the, the point where I'm trying to spell out words with my folders. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, th- that's a good point. Um, if I, they I just didn't... bring over the 3DS's like home screen to the Wii yeah. U, I think I'd be fine with that. That's all I want. Uh, I think that'd be kind of ugly for the home console. I think you need a little bit more than that. It's got to have a little like... A little flash to it, oh, and also, also the oper- opportunity to like advertise things. Maybe, like, maybe if the... what they did is up on the, the the big television screen, they put that Miiverse screen and down Ooh, on the gamepad itself. Look at that! They did yeah, the that, 3ds. That would be fine, yeah. but the, I think the both the PS3 and 360 are really good about you know having the, your space where your games and, and different settings are and stuff. But then on the side, off to the sides and stuff, and across the top, having like advertisements and stuff you might be interested in and things like that. And, I think Nintendo will should do something like that as well. Sure. Um, I mean, how great would it be if you boot it up and like you know you're going to go play New Super Mario Brothers, you know, you or whatever, and then off to the side, you know, there's an advertisement for trying to, which just came out, you know, or something like yeah. that, and you just you click it and it takes you right to the eShop, right to its page, and you can just buy it and download be, it. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think when I boot up my PS3, the first thing that comes up on the cross uh, cross media bar is like, what's new. Exactly. Yeah. Like that that's what Nintendo needs to implement if they really want to get serious about their their downloadable software. Their e-shops. Yeah. Yeah. So, they've cool. got to use that that space like that. So, um but I agree. I, I mean, I, that's the kind of stuff I didn't expect to hear at this event. I I kind of went into it knowing it was just going to be like launch details and yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And so in that way, I, I was satisfied when it was all I, over. I, I assume the, they I wouldn't do, talk much about it, but I was hoping at least they'd put like a, a screenshot up. An on the, image, on the yeah. Like they could get as much information out as possible through this one big event that everyone was going to be watching. Right. Sure. But I do I do agree that these are the kinds of things that should have been talked about as far back as E3. I mean, there, there was oh, no yeah. reason not to, not to spend some time on this kind of stuff, like just the hardware at a, at a functional level. I mean, just, we don't even, yeah, like you said, we don't know what it does when you turn it on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> are, you saying, mean, I, are you saying a half hour on Nintendo Land was too much? <laughs> maybe a tad. Maybe they split that in half. Uh, half hour on Nintendo Land and then go to the developer roundtable where you talk about Nintendo Land. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty great. But do you guys do you guys think we'll hit, get another Nintendo Direct before launch of the system? No, with yes. these kind of details, I think we will. 
I don't. Zach, think do you will. say no? no? Well, Patrick, why do you think we will? Well, th- there's so much they have to reveal yet, like uh, the internet or like the online play, online functionality, eShop, home screen type of stuff. Are they just going to reveal that through press releases? Probably not. Best way to show that stuff off is by actually showing it via Nintendo Direct. You know, yeah, the other the point. other interesting thing, Patrick, reminds me of a good point, uh, a good um, or an interesting point. Nintendo hasn't announced any online games. No, I mean, that's true. Miiverse, you could argue, is something of an online function. To there was just like an interview Mario. with Bill Trinan with One Up, and he said that Nintendo themselves are focusing on that Miiverse interaction with their games right. rather than online play currently. Right. Well, I'm surprised they didn't say, by the way, we're making an online Mario Kart, you know, or I'm actually really surprised that Pikmin 3 doesn't have leaderboards. Oh, it might. We don't know. A yeah, lot I, yeah, it might. you're right. I'm Plus, sorry. Pikmin 3 is not coming out until next year anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, there's, there's time to add yeah, that there, The launch stuff. window is half a year now or something. <laughs> you love that launch window. I love that launch window. That, that was one of the first things I think you tweeted, was it not? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Why not make it six months? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, like I said, I think this could be Nintendo's opportunity to really come out of the game. So, you know, go. we're serious about online gaming. And there was that quote from Reggie that I, I tweeted to you. Yeah, I, I like that, that, that quote. That Rich from IGN tweeted something along the lines that, like, at this point, online like gaming is it's like, it's air. like the, the, the air we breathe or something like that. And he said, like, we're going to give you that air. <laughs> So. Well, it, Call of Duty, that's coming launch that's, day. And yeah. that has to be online. Has that, to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that, is that launch day? Yes, it's yeah. launch oh, day. So, so, supposedly, cool. I, I read somewhere, we talked about this last week, I, I can't remember where I read this, but it might even launch before the system launches. Oh, that's right. Call, I remember you Call of Duty that. comes out like four days before yeah. the Wii U is supposed It'll to launch. It'll just be on so. the shelf with <laughs> yeah, the other so ones. I saw that with a whole bunch of games. I don't remember which ones they were, but they all had like November 13th release dates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, it, it you know... For people like me, if you're really excited about, like, I don't know, Metal Gear 4, uh, you might buy the game before you have the system. So, yeah. you know, that could work. That could be fine. Yeah. Es- especially I've, I've no if problem. Activision is all like, look at what you can do on the Wii U version. Yeah. That's not going to be on the other two. Yep. You can track mm-hmm. your stats in real time on the gamepad, and my friends would all buy a Wii U <laughs> just for that. Yeah, but so that online functionality for Call of Duty has to be in place. Otherwise, that version is just not going to sell because you know, that's yeah. that's the draw. That's I mean, Call of Duty, yeah. Right. If you, if you don't have that, you're releasing it to fail. I mean, there's just yeah. no point. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they would have spent so much time on the game last Thursday if it if that wasn't going to be oh, in place. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, the point where the developers are there showing it off themselves. I mean. It looked good. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Call of Duty. Yeah, looked, looked, yeah it, you, sure. <laughs> you can shoot, shoot the fuck out of people, so I guess <laughs> it works. <laughs> but I, 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 like I said, I, I think before launch, I hope there's another <laughs> Nintendo Direct, and they will show a little bit of the online stuff, and like we're talking about, even as much as just a, a menu. For what I hope you're right. What I the thing looks right. like when you turn it on. But I, I think this is a, a big point for them and a, a big opportunity to garner a lot of interest from you know quote-unquote hardcore gamers um, sure. i mean i've heard uh, people on twitter say you know they're interested in these games but is the online going to work the way it doesn't other for other consoles right. and for these third-party games that are multi-platform games that has to be in place 
because they're already at a disadvantage because your friends most likely aren't playing on Wii U. They're going to be playing on 360 or PS3 unless they're just Nintendo fans like you are. But for most people, that's not going to be the case. And it's already going to take a lot for you to come come away from possibly playing with your friends and play on a Nintendo platform. And if it's going to be a shoddy experience, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and some third parties are, 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 I think, taking the right approach. Like uh, THQ, they're putting out Darksiders 2, you know, what, three months after it's been released, but they're adding content that's not in the other and is not going to be in the other versions. Right. And a decent and amount of content at that. Yeah, and, and all the DLC like that's out right now. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a Game of the Year edition with more stuff. Right. It's, a, it's the same thing as uh, Mass Effect 3. All the DLC, I believe, is on disc. Oh, and yeah. Batman's the same way. Yeah. yeah. And you also get those stupid, stupid costumes. costumes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's that. And then Ubisoft is certainly hedging their bet, their bets, you know, with, with the Wii U. I mean, Rayman coming out exclusively for the console, at least for the time being. Um, right. And they've just they've just been really behind Nintendo at this point. Um, Zombie I mean, use you know, a launch game. That's exciting. Zombie use a launch game. Assassin's Creed right yes. out of the gate. Yeah. Um, so that that stuff's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm okay as long as the online infrastructure infrastructure is there for third party games. That's fine. Yeah. I don't need Nintendo Land to be playable online. I mean, I'll have plenty of fun playing that with friends in my living room. Sure. That's not something I need online. You know. Pikmin's still down the road, so who knows? That that does seem like a game that could benefit from being able to play with people online. So I mean, we'll maybe that's that, why it's coming out so late. Well, now that so late, but but later, five months later. into the launch. Yeah, that would be cool. So I'm fine if Nintendo, as a first party de- developer, doesn't want to utilize the online stuff yet. They want to focus on Miiverse, but it just has to be in place for third parties. Yeah, and I, I think it will be. Uh, we'll see, but cool. it sounds like it will be. So um, let's read another uh, quote here. Uh, that we got. Is this one off Facebook then? This one was Facebook, Patrick? yes. Okay. Uh, how will Nintendo TV uh, connect to my pre-existing cable box? I assume it won't be a cord, but wirelessly. Uh, this is by God, Patricia's Patricius McNulty. McNulty? <laughs> Sweet name. Is that a real um, name? I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> if it is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that's your name. <laughs> Um, you know, for as much time as they spent on Nintendo TV at the conference, I'm surprised they didn't have at least a throwaway line about how this might work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, my um, my cable is not wireless. It connects to the wall with this giant black cord, and then it connects to my TV with another cord. So I do question how the Wii U is going to work with that. Will it have a giant screw in the back of it? (laughs) Right. Most likely not. Um, The way I think it's going to do it is when you turn on Nintendo TV, you're going to set it up with your, uh, probably your account. Your, I don't know, probably your like cable provider. Um, You can set up the Wii gamepad as a like infrared remote for your TV and the cable box itself. Now that's exciting. I like that idea. And then I really I think like it'll the just, idea of TV. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, th- I just feel like you'll be able to select stuff and it'll just do everything, like change your TV's input and change the channel. Like so you, no think it, you, you think the gamepad's going to basically be just a universal remote? Yeah, I think that's all it's doing. <laughs> you press a button and you can, you can adjust the volume on your sound system, then you can change the input on your TV, <laughs> oh, they, set, they your, set your VCR to record. Um. Oh, up on the site, we have an interview, or uh, they did a walkthrough, and the guy talked about how it can be used as a universal remote, basically. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that would be cool. Like, you can, I don't know. He pointed out how it can be connected to your cable box and your TV to change stuff like that. 
Right. That's but like you said, the, the Wii U still needs to recognize the content coming in through the cable box. Right, um, yeah. And so I think I, it's going to do it over the internet. Like it's going to... I think Probably so pull too. from some type of guide or something oh, right yeah, the cable yeah. provider's website. Yeah, and see that that's what makes me curious about how it will work with I mean if you have like basic cable, I don't know if this is the kind of if you'll be able to use it, but I know like if you've got a more deluxe cable package, I mean you do have login information, you do have an account number. I mean you have this kind of stuff that you can probably enter and then like you said it just pulls from there. Yeah. Um and instead of feeding to your TV, it just feeds through your Wii U like you said online. Um yeah, it's cool. It's ambitious. I mean, I, I really like it. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think there'll be any sort of cord. I'm sure it will all work through the internet. Yeah. You're not going to, yeah, you're not going to plug in like a screw in a coaxial cable <laughs> to your, <laughs> to the back of your Wii U. So that would be pretty amazing. That'd be pretty funny. So, um, let me ask you guys. I know, I know what version you're getting, Scott, but Patrick, are you getting this on day one? And if so, which version? Day one and the deluxe, of course. Nice. I am also hopefully going to be day one and deluxe. I don't really want uh, Nintendo Land, but I do want 32 gigs of memory, and I want the uh, black system. This and makes me think of something else. The 32 gigs, that isn't that much storage. No, it's really honestly. not. <laughs> Well, the, 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 yeah, they just announced a new PS3 model that's going to launch, I think, as early as tomorrow. And yeah, it's 500 gigs. <laughs> they said that external drives are going to work with the system, but mm-hmm. how are they going to work with the system? Or did we talk about this last week? I don't think we talked about it last week. Like, like are we going to have to be switching content back and forth between oh, your way. system? Maybe. Oh, maybe you, maybe you did mention that last week, actually. We? Okay, that that I, sounds I, I, familiar. Okay. I hope not. Maybe I, I you think... can launch from the drive. Yeah, okay, I think it, that's what I want. I think so. I think if they're to the point where they're telling you at the at right now that you'll be able to hook hard drives up to it, I think it'll you'll be able to boot from it. You know, okay. it's not like the SD card with the Wii and kind of how botched that was for a while, yeah. and it took two or three years before they finally let you just <laughs> you know save things to it and then boot from it, which was such a mess. I just think about the PS3 where you can't boot games from the an external drive on the PS3. I believe can you not? Right? I don't think you can. That's I know a problem you, I, because I'm running out of room and I've been considering an external drive. Huh. It's something I have to look into, but I think last time I read it, read about it, I don't think you could. And oh. you have to like just do that, clean out your PS3 and put yeah. stuff back on it. Well, the old fridge. Then that's, yeah. What's the point of having a drive? I well, know. I guess so you can have stuff right there and then you can just transfer it over. You don't have to re-download so. it every time, which yeah. would be faster, but it's still not yeah. as fast as just pressing start. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I may be wrong about play. that, but... I know, I know 360 is very restrictive about that. I know you can't do it with 360. Yeah. Um, so. It's just something I worry about with the Wii U because yeah, it's yeah, only definitely. 32 gigs. I mean, that is such a small amount. Yeah. It really uh, especially is. considering the discs, discs are uh, 25 gigs. How big? Well, nobody's going to use twenty-five gigs. Oh yeah, but how how big do SD cards get these days? I have a thirty-two gig in my 3ds, and they're certainly bigger than that. Okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I guess you're right. It's it's still going to run out of space eventually, especially if people embrace the shiny digital future. Yeah. Well, Nintendo seems to be gearing up to you know provide a lot should, of their software yeah. through download. So yeah. you're gonna you'd have to think that. They have to come up with some kind of solution. Yeah, I was really, I was really surprised with the the hardware size, the hard drive sizes, I should say. Um, but at least we know a hard drive yeah, size with, with the Wii. They were always so cryptic about it. I mean, you you could figure it out, <laughs> yeah. But it was just like such a mess. Yeah. I think they'll retain that block system. You think so? I mean, I guess well, it's on the 3ds. Yeah, they so. did with the 3ds. So why not? Yeah, you're right. Uh, 
I don't like that. Has that's anyone, worse has than, anyone that's, figured out the conversion? I think, I think so. They, yeah, I think they know it. You okay. can find it online, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, what, that, that's worse than Microsoft points. I'd rather buy things <laughs> in points than download them in blocks. <laughs> yeah, I would too. <clears throat> I like you just like do it, and it's like you have six thousand eight hundred blocks left, and it's like that's great. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's good. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> so, how are you guys getting your Wii U's? I pre-ordered mine from GameStop, a local GameStop. I went the day they were announced. Uh, I had no problem. I know people as soon as the day after the conference were having people, you know, GameStop representatives tell them that you know uh, we're getting a lot of pre-orders on these. We can't necessarily guarantee that right. your system is going to be here day one and that kind of stuff. But when I pre-order mine, no issue. So I'm hoping Good. that's the case, and I'll line up early at GameStop. I went to GameStop as well. It was like 4 o'clock that Friday, so it was a full 24 hours after the conference. And uh, they, they allowed me to pre-order, and I asked the guy before I left if they were going to be cutting them off soon. And he said yes very soon, and when I got home, it was about three hours later that uh, that news started going around that GameStop had completely shut down yeah. their pre-orders. Did they, did yeah. they make you uh, prove that you were a worthy customer or whatever the hell Andy had to go through? I, I may approve myself when uh, he, he started showing me the list of games I could pre-order and I pulled out a list out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Just hand him your business card. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And so, Zach, you're not going to pre-order. You're just going to go stand in line at your local uh, your local Red store. Meyer, huh? I'm going to try and do try and uh, relive the magic of 2006 and sit outside in the freezing goddamn cold and you know be the first I, I in he- line. I hear all these these launch stories for the Wii, especially yours, but other people too who waited in line through the cold and stuff and were out all night. I uh, I pre-ordered mine from a GameStop um, probably like a week before the Wii was supposed to come out. And then I just rolled up Sunday morning when the Wii, the, when the GameStop opened, and there were about seven people there who had reserved it. And I just got my Wii and got Zelda and Rayman and left. And all I think nice. I was there a total of 15 minutes. Wow. See, it, it, <laughs> do you think they're going to do a midnight release for the Wii U? I think yes, so. I, th- I think they, I think that just maybe just wasn't as popular at the time in 2006. I'm sure they were doing it, but I don't know if it was as widespread as it is. Uh, now so yeah i mean they do fucking midnight launches for just nonsense they do it for call of duty here i mean fred meyer will do a midnight launch for friggin' call of duty i'm like are you serious yeah yeah so they're definitely going to be doing a midnight launch but the uh the i for the wii i had actually pre-ordered it at a local game store whose name Mm -hmm. i don't recall but they called me about like i'm not even kidding two days before launch and they were like we're not getting enough uh, and your name is too far down the list. I was like, oh, okay. So that's when I determined I'm going to have to go stand outside Fred Meyer. Yeah. And uh, this year, I learned my lesson from five years ago, and I'm taking a propane heater. Because I had, I had all my Arctic gear on. I had, you know, gloves. I could barely move. But it was negative 22 at midnight. And if you're not moving around... You're going to get cold. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm bringing a propane heater this time. That's crazy. You should uh, go the whole nine yards and bring like a tent and sleeping bag. I'm, and... I've thought about it. I've thought, I mean, it, tents are kind of a bitch to put up, but I've considered it. That would be awesome. Get a propane heater up in that tent. And dude, I when I bought my Wii, that was so cool. I, I was the first in line and, and I went in and bought it and I bought Twilight Princess and I think an extra controller, maybe. Um, but when I was leaving, uh, 
the line was, you know, inside Fred Meyer now, but everybody clapped. Everybody was like a huge <laughs> applause. And I held the Wii up. I was like, yeah. And it was like feeling like a rock star. And then I went home and collapsed to bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's now, the trouble. Scott, with... are you going to go wait in line for the Wii U? I probably will. Like I said, I have it reserved, but just in case, you know, there's any problem with shortages, I'll probably go. I don't know that I'm going to go like hours ahead of time, but I'm sure there'll be a midnight launch. So I'll probably roll up there like 1030 or 11. I'm thinking about going and just waiting for the experience. Me and my friend pre-ordered at the same location. So mm-hmm. Are either your GameStops in a mall? No. Okay. No. Otherwise, yeah, that could be trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick, yeah, I assume so. it's going to get cold where you live. Um, probably it'll probably go down to thirty degrees overnight. Yeah, right. How about you? <laughs> Scott? Oh, that's not, it's going to be cold. It, it can be. I mean, I live it may just, be colder. I don't. I know. I live just outside of Chicago, so it can be like hit or miss. It, it could very well be forty degrees at night. It could honestly drop below you know negative fifty. That's or true. Something. It's just impossible to. It's so unpredictable out I here. I mean, last year there was a day where it like just got crazy and it like blizzard and it was just nuts and the temperature was all over the place. But, the the high the high today was like seventy two and tonight it's supposed to drop down to like in the mid thirties. So oh, wow. the high today yeah. was fifty one. <laughs> it's pouring oh. rain and it looks like the trees are going to snap in half. It's so windy. <laughs> Oh, Alaska. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll kind of wrap this up. Uh, I'll say this. I know there's some things we don't know about the Wii U, but to me, if you're a Nintendo fan, which if I follow you on Twitter, like, from the site, you more than likely are. And I, I've heard people complain that, you know, well, now they're going to wait. They're not going to get it because there's just so much unknown or nothing right now really moves them. And, I mean, unless money is really an issue and, like, you, you just could use that money to pay your rent or something. I mean, I understand that, but like if there's, if there's no reason why you can't like financially get the system right now, I just don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, even if this launch lineup doesn't wow you, I mean, it's just new hardware. It's gonna be so much fun to to play with and to get in on that ground floor. And you don't know when you're going to be able to find one again. And there's just, things are going to be coming out. You know, I mean, it's, it's continuously. God, God, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? God willing, we will get a better Metroid game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were a handful of Metroid games on the Wii, actually. But, there were. Yeah. But I know what you mean. I know which one you're referring to. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I just I just don't see that that negativity. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm just excited to, to play around with it. And I think it's going to be pretty cool. And I mean, like, there's no launch games that are like must-haves for me necessarily you know the way that the Wii launched with the new zelda it's like well you gotta right. play a new zelda um you know i'm excited about mario and rayman and stuff but still i mean it's just going to be a fun experience i think yeah. and you just know things are in the pipeline i mean it's not like they're gonna go a whole generation without releasing the games you you want to play so yeah. i just i just don't get that that negativity if people are worried about there not being any retail games they're interested in just look at the the eShop all the different content they have on there, and that's probably going to be coming out all through December and January, all the stuff yeah. they have announced currently. Yeah. And that's probably every single week there's going to most likely be something new that you want to play. So yeah, all the more reason to go get it. Yeah. I'm excited. I, mean, I was yeah, initially dismissive, but the more about it I read, I, the more excited I got. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I really can't wait. November's going to be a, a pretty rad month. My birthday's in November. So is so. mine. What day Look is at yours? That. You the twenty, lucky. the twenty seventh. <laughs> oh, mine's the twenty fourth. Whoa, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. How old are yeah, you? Yeah, that's good. I will be twenty seven. Oh, okay, I'll be thirty. Ah, a few years ahead. Old man, Patrick. Patrick, how old will you be this year? <laughs> uh, May twenty ninth. I will be twenty. 
That's crazy. Crazy as shit. (laughs) Patrick, when you turn 21, we're going to all fly to you. We're going to PAX. Yeah, yeah. We'll get you oh, yeah, that's PAX. true. Yeah, PAX will be right then. Yeah. <laughs> get you nice and drunk so you can be hungover for like the show floor the next day. That'll be great. Excellent. All right, everyone. Well, I guess that will do it for uh, our Wii U What We Don't Know segment. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, Patrick, thanks for being here. Yep. Wouldn't have missed it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Yep, see ya. Bye. Bye. And welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson, and today I'm joined by Nate Andrews. Hello. And uh, we're going to be talking about Animal Crossing. Not the new upcoming 3DS Animal Crossing or anything fancy like that, just the original uh, No Frills GameCube Animal Crossing. Um, well, I don't know. It's probably been almost a month now. We, we wrote a feature and posted it to the site um, about playing Animal Crossing being, uh, via the uh, Dolphin emulator and Dropbox, which allowed us to share a virtual memory card and play in a town together, even though we were, you know, states apart from each other. Um, Nate actually discovered the idea while, I guess, just browsing the web as he does. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, we thought it might be kind of cool to try, and so we did, and the setup worked perfectly. Um, Yeah, all all we had was just, we each had the Dolphin emulator, which you can download for free, and then we each had a ISO of the game, which, you know... You can download for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, you can buy the game and then make a yeah. copy of it. You should really stuff. buy the game anyway. Because... That's probably what you should do. You can probably find it really cheap now somewhere. Actually, I just bought... Uh, I bought uh, Animal Crossing Wild World for the DS. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was kind of missing playing on the emulator, so I figured I would get it to go. Okay, well, there you go. So look at that. You emulated the game, but it sold you on the series, so it got you to purchase uh, a game. Well, I had, you... I had bought the GameCube game a long time ago, too. But... Oh, okay. Well, you were already familiar with it. Oh, that's right. You'd played it before. I'm the newbie here. That's right. You're the pirate. <laughs> yeah, I am. You're absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, then we just set up a Dropbox and a shared memory card that sat in that Dropbox. So we had to make sure, though, only one of us was using it at a time or the save files wouldn't match up. And I don't think that was a big problem. That would be trouble. Yeah, no, it wasn't <laughs> at all, especially as time went on because I played much, much less, yeah. <laughs> as you probably noticed. Um, so, yeah, Animal Crossing. I mean, it's I, I had never played it uh, in, in any iteration. I wrote in the ad, uh, that post that we had on the site detailing how we set everything up that I'd seen my cousin play it a handful of times, and it kind of just, it didn't interest me. I mean, at, at this point, I was probably, like, in high school. I was probably a, maybe a sophomore or junior. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, the idea of just playing a game where I'm, like, sending mail to virtual people and, like, I don't know, planting trees. Just didn't really, like, <laughs> didn't really didn't really do anything for me. So you do kind of touch on that in the post, but what was your your opinion of it? Was it anything beyond that or just total disinterest? Then or now? Uh, both, I guess. Well, yeah, then then it just, like, 
you know, not that I was necessarily like everything had to be action. Like I've never been like a Call of Duty type gamer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it just didn't really interest me in any way. What did was the possibility of playing in the same town with someone, like playing uh, with you, where we could see the different things we're doing to the world and you know how it's affected. That that was pretty cool, but I really wouldn't have been able to do that. I mean, I guess with my cousin, we could have like swapped GameCube saves or you know transferred right. save files over from memory cards but that was a bit more elaborate than i think we were willing to do and there was no one in my household or like mm-hmm. friends nearby because my cousin lived like a few cities over so right. even even when i had or when i played the the gamecube game i never was able to do something like that right so i didn't have that experience exactly so like i don't know there was just nothing nothing in it pulled me you know it just it just didn't look interesting i know people liked it but it just didn't look like something i wanted to do with my time um and I feel like I, now that I've played it, I think if I would have played it back then, I would have actually really liked it because I had so much free time. Um, it, it's really well written, um, and there's actually a good variety of things to do. And, you know, there were some novel things then that aren't as meaningful now because of things like the Virtual Console. But, you know, there's the fact, like, finding the NES games and stuff like right, that. Yeah. Um, in those things, there's a lot of nice touches, and the writing really is, like, incredibly sharp. Um, a lot of like little nods to Nintendo franchises and uh, just Nintendo history. It's really, really well done. Um, so I enjoyed that playing it now. But <laughs> at this at this point, I mean, I I work and I go to school and I have a baby now, and it's like my gaming time is so limited. It's like I can probably play like an hour a night, maybe an hour or two every other night, just depending on what's going on after the baby's asleep. So it's like. And there's a lot I'm trying to play right now. Like, I'm still trying to get through Xenoblade uh-huh. um, and stuff like that. I started playing um, Demon Souls. Oh, no. And Yeah, I know. So it's like I had to get this limited amount to play games. It's like, well, do I want to, like, go on these epic battles where I'm, like, killing demons and saving the or, world? Or, like, you know, do you want to pull weeds and tend to a house? Exactly. And so, <laughs> unfortunately, Animal Crossing, a lot of the times, still didn't win out. Yeah. Um, That's kind of my situation, too. Oh, really? Without the baby, you know, but I, <laughs> just, I still ended up, like, having not very much time to play. Okay, because you probably still put in much more time than I did. I did, yeah, after a while. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the thing, I, that's why I almost do wish I would have, I wish I would have played it back then, but had the ability to play with friends in the same town, um, because I, I did enjoy that aspect, like, uh, one of my favorite things I did was the very first moment where I could set my message that my little like <laughs> tree stub or whatever outside my house would like uh-huh. display to people was, you know, I said everyone was welcome to my house except for Tom Nook and Nate. <laughs> right. And I just, I just planted that and just waited for you to find it. And then after a few days you did find it. And, and then I just me. went in your house anyway. <laughs> so my stub security system did not work. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so that was fun. There's lots of lots of neat little things like that, and I, I did like decorating the house and seeing how your house would change with time as you got further in the game and unlocked other things. Um, and so that was cool, and you know, the town layout was, you know, it was a nice little layout. I, I could see how that game could pull someone in. It was just really, really bad bad timing for me in terms of just other games I want to play and the amount of time I get to spend playing games. Yeah, it, it's weird in that way that it's it, it can be so engaging in one aspect, but when you don't have time for it, it's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Right, and see, when I'd force myself to play, I would actually end up having fun, and I, I would like sink a good like hour, hour and a half into it, and I, I enjoyed that. But it, for whatever reason, there was just that hurdle where it was like I just could not convince myself to turn it on. At a certain point, it's work. It's busy work, and it's it's designed not to look like busy work, but that's pretty much what it is. Right. 
And now you can all, you, I'm sure there's some like psychological argument we can make that's like, well, in the end, really, what are we doing between games? I mean, we're just pressing buttons. You know, we have controllers in our hands and we just press buttons on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just what happens on the screen is different. So I press A and I pull a weed or I press A and like I, you know, use a special attack to kill some fucking monster, you know, and it's like, well, it, it's the same input, but the output's different. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, I had a harder time convincing myself to go like, yeah, clean up some town <laughs> rather than, yeah, save the universe. There's there's a lot of weird uh, psychology in the game. Like, you can write letters to other uh, townspeople to, like, there are, like, certain uh, keywords that you can use to make them give you items and things like that. But it's mm-hmm. it's really weird, especially if you play by yourself and you're not interacting with another human character. You're just kind of right. sending those things out to a computer. <laughs> right, exactly. And it tries AI, it kind of just try to trick you into thinking these are like real living people, um, in that way. Yeah. It it, it makes up for it for, you know, like you said, the way it's written and the the characters and the style and everything. Right. Yeah, it it is interesting. I, I would be, it would be interesting to go back now and play it as an entirely single player experience and see like if it had the same draw to me. Cause like I said, the biggest draw was just wanting to like do things to interact with you or seeing like how you were progressing. So, Mm -hmm. um, it did. that format though of being able to play in a town with people who you don't actually like live physically near in the real world i think is interesting um do you know the wii version was it, you could visit other people's towns you, yeah in the wii you version, could i've right? never played the wii version but that was one of the the things that you could do there was the hub there was some sort of uh mall hub i think it was mm-hmm. and then you could visit other people's towns and stuff like that so so, so it is progressing okay bit by bit in that aspect well, that's pretty cool. Which is um, what I'd actually like to see, like, you know, a 3DS game, if I could just jump into somebody's town randomly and do something with them. I think that would yeah, be a lot more and, interesting. Yeah, and, like, play together at the same time right. um, and do things. And, yeah, if there were, like, certain tasks within the town that you could only do with, like, two or more people. Um, yeah, that would be super interesting. Um and hopefully they're going that route. I really don't know much about the 3DS one. I, does I does anyone know much about the 3DS one? Do we know much information about it? Uh, there are some images, and <laughs> I think there's a subtitle, okay. and there's not much else. Okay, well, there you go. Hopefully that will change soon, but it's also not coming out here until next year. Now, I will say that the idea of playing it in handheld fashion does intrigue me a bit more. Yeah, which is why I, I bought the DS version. Has there, that, like, because like, I know you're in school and, like, probably, like, around campus, do you find yeah, yourself no, playing I, I it? Yeah, I had it with me today. I played a little bit uh, during some downtime, and it's it's a lot easier to jump in and out. You can save. Uh, you don't have to go back to your house to save. You can just hit a button and jump out. Oh, cool. Do you get a map, or do you have to still go no, to, like, yeah, the you, town you board? No, you do have a map. That's good. That's one thing that was always like, oh, shit, where is that person? And then I have to, like, go look at the map to see, like, the grid and figure it all out. You kind of learn the landmarks with time, but Mm -hmm. it was still kind of a hassle. Yeah, I think it's definitely better suited to that format. Yeah, for sure. Because this is something I could definitely say, see, getting on the 3DS just to play, like, when I'm at school, like you said. Mm -hmm. And then even times where I can't, like, play video games on the TV, but I can sit there with my 3DS out, like, while my girlfriend's watching TV or something. You know, we've only got the one TV, so... Mm-hmm. But if I can be playing on my 3DS, then that's that's huge. And like you said, I think that this type of game fits that uh, that platform quite well. Mm-hmm. Just drop in for 10 minutes, do something, and then just turn it off and move on with what you're doing. Your, you know, your commute's over or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does kind of surprise me that the game has done as well as it has, being 
specifically on console mostly. That's true. Yeah, that's real true. I mean, like I said, I know this game was popular on the GameCube, and it I mean, my cousin, popular, yeah. who was a few years older than me, was in college at the time. I mean, he was playing it, and that's why, like, just seeing him play it, it like blew my mind. I mean, I, you know, I thought like it was going to be something more than just doing chores, which in, in a way it is. But yeah, it's it's a routine that's a little bit more fun than your own. Yeah, I guess that's you could true. Say. Yeah, because you're some kind of weird dog or whatever. What, well, what? You're well, no, you're you're a you're human. A human. Every, everyone else is a... animal. Yeah, that's true. It's totally surreal. <laughs> but yeah, especially a game that started as an N64 game right. um, in yeah. Japan and then came as a GameCube game. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you have any other any other thoughts about it? Any other uh, maybe um, interesting? I guess I'm a little bit curious as to what your play style was, like what what you would do on any given you know turn in the game. Well. See, I didn't get real far into it. So for the most part, I just did what Tom Nook told me to do. Right. <laughs> so I did a lot of that, just trying to complete tasks and build up money. And I never actually got enough money to like buy out my house or whatever. Yeah, I um, saw that. I didn't get to that point. Did you? I did. Yeah, I passed the first uh, the first benchmark for that. How long so, did that? How long did that take you? Uh, if you're really into it and you know what you're doing, it doesn't take very long. Like you could probably do it in couple hours or like a week's worth of playing okay it's yes. just it's just like gather and sell gather and sell exactly pay it off every day right so yeah so i that's mostly what my play experience was was just like doing those little fetch quests basically is what they mostly were mm-hmm. um which is fine and then i enjoyed kind of going around the town you know finding stuff picking up stuff even though like i couldn't use it yet just i saw something on the ground i'd grab it um and like i said i liked leaving notes for you and sending mail and that kind of stuff that was cool did you ever get uh like a shovel or anything like that uh yeah okay yeah i think i got the shovel yeah yeah or like the axe you can start making some cosmetic changes to the town yeah and that stuff's cool yeah i like that see that's the point i wanted to get to but i guess start planting trees and start of living start living in there a little bit more Exactly, and that's the point I wanted to get to, but like didn't didn't fully get into. It was the point where yeah, I could just mess with the town. I mean, that was my end goal. I just wanted to do things to the town where you'd log in and just right. like be completely shocked and like not know what I was doing, like just plant a tree in front of your doorway or something. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I could do that, but no, you can't. So, but something like that, try to box you in in some way. Yeah. I think I planted a, a pitfall near your house, but okay, yeah. See, I never triggered it. Yeah, but, I probably yeah. fell in it. so yeah that that's the stuff i wanted to do but just never invested enough time to get to be able to fully do yeah there is a certain hurdle that you have to get over to yeah kind of get to that spot right yeah so that that's what i wanted to do now what about the ds one was it the same format where when you start you're in debt and you kind of have to unlock things as you go or yeah i'm I'm only a, a couple hours in but it's it's pretty much that same format okay and yeah, I imagine that's basically just how it works throughout. <laughs> right, I would imagine. Yeah, there's always those gates you have to get through first before everything's just open to you. Mm-hmm. But I thought it'd be cool if 3DS one didn't do that. It did encourage more like playing with yeah, other people. Yeah, I wish it was a little more, you know, open. But right, like everything's there, and it's just all about what you do within that community. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be cool. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, did you have any uh, anything else? Um, no, not really. Okay. I, I think it's a fun game. Uh, if you're up for that kind of thing, if you yeah, don't, I, if you don't mind like checking in every day, and 
I think that's the mo- the best way to get the most out of it. Yeah, as you do, you have to like just not log in. I'm just gonna say log in, not really logging in, but yeah, go into the game every day, do a little bit, get out, and then yeah, just repeat that, and you do. You get into that routine where you know it just becomes natural, right. and every every day you do make a little bit of progress towards what I don't know. There's really I don't know <laughs> if there's really end any end goal, but I guess it's, it's, it's kind of cool about the you, it's game. It's really whatever you want it to be. Exactly, which is kind what of what cool, you put yeah. in is what you get out. Right, and that that's pretty cool. And yeah, for anyone who's interested, I mean, we do have the uh, the post on NWR. It's been a little while now. Um, I guess if you click features, you can find it. Do you remember what we titled it? It's uh, titled "Neighbors in Namforth, Part One." Yes, yeah, Part, <laughs> part One. Part One of One. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, this was going to be some elaborate written out feature, but then I guess neither of us thought we could turn it into a big elaborate feature. So why not just talk about it? The because game beat us. That's easier. Yes. Damn it, Tom Nook. Um, but yeah, you can find uh, find that, and we kind of detail how we set everything up if you're interested in you know, getting your own game going with some of your friends. Um, I write in there how to be able to use the classic controller to play GameCube games, and you had to use the classic controller just to be a PC gamepad, which was pretty cool. I figured out how to do that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, you know, if you're curious, you've never played this series, I would encourage you to check it out and maybe like me you'll be much more interested in the 3ds one than you might have been uh beforehand i do have a new found like sort of respect for this series even if this particular game didn't move me (laughs) you know in a real positive way but yeah all right well did you have any any closing words nate uh i think an animal crossing mmo would be kind of cool you mentioned logging in yeah, yeah, where it's like one progressive world and you can go between town to town and I imagine it for some reason I imagine like um like Earthbound where it's these like these towns and there's like little highways like you know that you just like walk across right, yeah. and then you get into the next town for some reason that or you would just be kind of cool. Train or something like that. Yeah, exactly. You would skip that. It'll never happen, but it's No, it never it never will, yeah. Like maybe there'd be this stuff This is probably you... the closest that we'll get. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right, well thank you for uh thank you for being here Nate. Uh-huh. and uh, talking about an old game with me. And uh, thank you, the listener, for listening, and uh, we'll be back. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you have any listener mail questions, you can send them to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and please rate and review us on iTunes. Now, if you're interested, we have a bonus segment coming up all about Doctor Who with Patrick and Scott. Geronimo.
to this bonus segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson, and I'm joined by Patrick Barnett. Geronimo. <laughs> yes, very good. And uh, we're going to be talking about Doctor Who uh, this most recent season. Uh, there's been delays every week, so at first it was supposed to be, well, let's just talk about the season premiere where we think the season's going. Then it was, okay, let's talk about the first two episodes, and now it's let's talk about the first three episodes, or I guess halfway through this first half of the season, as it yeah. will be. Certainly so, more to uh, talk about than yeah, we, so we finally, initially finally got anticipated. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we've uh, finally gotten together here, and um, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about each episode and kind of where we think the, the final three episodes here will go, um, the departure of Amy and Rory, and all that good stuff. Um, but let's just start with the episodes in order. So first up was The Asylum of the Daleks, um, which I thought was a, a really great episode and, what, in my opinion, one of the better season openers. Yeah, it was definitely one of the strongest season openers they've had in a while. Now, the uh, one glaring exception is obviously at last uh, seasons with the astronaut and all that stuff and the kind of See, mystery around that and the silence. Like, that one was good, but there was just so many unanswered questions there where this one was just, like, one fully fleshed-out episode that you can enjoy from start to finish and, like, leave this episode not wondering what's going on. Yeah, I guess that's like, true. Like, I guess la- that's last true. season it started with the doctor got shot and died, and you're just like why what what is what is happening yeah that that's a good point it, it was very like it was a, a very like stylish episode and there was a lot going on but you're right as far as like coming away with it it's just watching one episode it didn't it didn't like tell a complete story whereas this one apparently seems to have done that for the most part yeah. um and i i've heard interviews with Stephen Moffat it seems like that's kind of the point with this season like each episode needs to kind of stand on its own and uh, be of, like, movie quality, basically. I think he said that there's not going to be any two-part episodes throughout the entire season. I think each one yeah. is, like, its own standalone Hollywoodish experience, basically. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, that's pretty much, yeah, what I heard. So, um, But, yeah, it was really good. I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. I, I definitely didn't expect to meet Oswin so soon, who we know... Um, you know, if you follow any Doctor Who news, it is supposed to be the next companion. Yeah. Is it, um, is it confirmed that her name as a companion is supposed to be Oswin? Because that I didn't know. I, for some reason, I had heard it was going to be like Clara or something like that. No, I heard Oswin before, Did you the, hear Oswin? Uh, before the episode aired. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was but, just out of the loop there on that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, as far as I know, that was supposed to be it. That's why when, when she said her name, I was like, holy crap, that's her. Um. Yeah. But I guess we can go through the episode a little bit. So the Doctor, as well as um, Rory and Amy, are sort of summoned by the Daleks. They're captured by the Daleks and brought to this huge Dalek ship um, with just tons and tons of Daleks. I, I guess I'm kind of confused at this point on the Dalek timeline and how there's so many now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sure if I went back and watched through again, um, there'd be some explanation of why there's so many. But that's fine. I can. Well, I, I think the last time we saw them, they escaped from the Doctor back in uh, fifth season. He let them go to save the Earth. Is that the one that was like in like World War Two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I guess they just rebuilt the Dalek population. I yeah, suppose because yeah. because there's the three of them, right? It was the colored ones. Yeah, it was like the three or four colored. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so they're back, like just hundreds and hundreds of Daleks on the ship, and um, they want the Doctor to go to this basically insane asylum for Daleks. It's a it's a prison planet where insane Daleks are stored because they're crazy, but they don't want to kill their own kind, so they let them just live there. Um, 
but there's some crazy signal coming from the planet that they don't like, and now they want to blow the planet up, but it's got, like, planetary defenses, so they're sending the Doctor there to shut those down uh, before they can just bombard the planet. Which in no way seems like a win-win situation for the Doctor. <laughs> like, I don't know how he... I mean, you know, he always finds a way, but really, what was his, like, plan here? I mean, I guess he didn't have a choice. He basically forced it gunpoint, yeah. you know, if you will. Gunpoint by, but... like, 2,000 Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it was kind of... Going into it, I don't know if he knew what his uh, game plan was going to be, but I guess that's how he usually operates. Um, so before, you, before you keep going, I think it's probably important to note that Amy and Rory's marriage appears to be like kind of in shambles at this point as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it opened with actually Rory delivering the divorce papers to, yeah, uh, yeah. to Amy. Yeah, that's which, a good which basically comes out of nowhere unless you watch the, uh, the five mini episodes leading up to the season premiere. Yeah, which I didn't. So, yeah, I was the same thing. Like, I thought they kind of hinted at it last season in different places, but, um, but yeah, it kind of caught me off guard a little yeah. bit. But it, it definitely felt weird, especially if you hadn't watched the, the mini episodes before the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I was able just to kind of go, okay, well, time's passed, things fell apart, you know, that happened. Yeah, yeah, so, just take it just, for granted. <laughs> exactly, yeah, to say, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a show about time travel. You have to, you have to give it something. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they land on the planet. Uh, it turns out there's like nano machines in the in the air, and it turns people into Daleks. Um, and they've got these like special was it wristband, wristbands, right? Or like yeah, watches. Yeah, they were, everyone was wearing a wristband. Okay, yeah, yeah, to to protect them from it. Um, at some point, Amy loses her, so now she's like slowly like losing her mind. Um, and they just go through the asylum. You see a bunch of crazy dogs just like spinning in place and just like <laughs> like like talking slowly and weirdly and like almost like learning how to say exterminate, which was kind of funny. Yeah, like yeah. like sounding it out, which was kind of neat. That was probably one of the better scenes of that episode where yeah. uh, the the doll like it couldn't say um, exterminate and it just sounded like eggs and Rory yeah. was just picking up like the little the ball shaped thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you want eggs? This is your eggs. Yeah, that was great. Um, so all along while they're traversing the asylum, someone named Oswin is guiding them along. She's, uh, landed there, she's in her ship, and, um, is, wants the doctor to basically come rescue her, and then they'll, you know, shut down the shields for the planet and then escape. Um, that's all well and good, but as the doctor gets further and further into the asylum, uh, and finally happens upon where Oswin's supposed to be located, he learns that she is, in fact, a uh, Dalek. Um, but apparently was strong enough of mind that she just convinced herself that she wasn't, um... And she was all chained up and stuff, so I don't know if she was, like, a threat to them or to herself or, or what. Um, but she was, like, the main the main Dalek who seemed, like, in restraints compared to everyone else who was just sort of, like, wandering around the asylum. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have no word of, like, like really what, what happened to her, why that happened. I mean, she, she did crash there and was, it sounds like, was converted. Um, but, yeah, she just has no memory of it. And so, but she helps the doctor... Uh, shut down the planet shields, um, and then she also, uh, funny enough, erases the Doctor from the Dalek like memory bank. Um, I didn't she, like this. <laughs> did you not? No, not really. I, I think it, I think it kind of carries over the theme that they they set upon at the end of last season, which yeah. was the Doctor like basically disappearing, and everyone yeah. sort of forgetting about him. It's just like the Doctor built up this reputation with the Daleks. Like him and the Daleks are basically arch enemies, and now that whole um, history is just gone. That's true. That's true. I mean, who's who's to say that it doesn't come back at some point? That, that's I guess true, you, yeah. you know they just develop a, a new history. Um, I think it, it opens up some kind of fun avenues where they can have him and the Daleks like 
find each other again and the dogs start to discover like who he is and like what he means to them and basically yeah, yeah like how he's going to be their arch enemy <laughs> um but yeah i mean that that's something that really like changes the dynamic of the show and not just i mean just the lore in general of the show yeah um you know like you said i mean they they are like timeless rivals and now yeah. one of them has completely forgotten who they the other just rebooted is. 50 years of <laughs> television right it, that's so wild um but yeah, and then the the planet's destroyed. Oswin seems to to be there, and then she tells the doctor, you know, like, don't forget me, or something along those lines, if I remember correctly. Which I assume he will not, because <laughs> yeah. she, she yeah, is I mean, going to be a companion. <laughs> yes, yeah, she will pop up later. This is uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so overall, I thought it was a, a great episode. I mean, we certainly paraphrased here, but... Really a, a strong opener from start to finish. Uh, just interesting, exciting, a lot of little like uh, twists along the way, and uh, really sets things up nicely. And I, it just gets me so excited to see how Oswin does fall into things. I mean, I saw someone say like, "Well, wouldn't it be crazy if if she's actually a Dalek?" You know, like you see her inside the Dalek as a, as a human as she is, but she's actually a Dalek companion to the Doctor. Like that would just be crazy. I don't it'd think it'll cra- happen. Yeah, but... I don't think it'll happen. That'd be, <laughs> but that, it'd be too hard to work with. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The Daleks are already so just goofy looking. <laughs> They're not exactly the most maneuverable no, <laughs> things either. Not at all. So yeah, and then the next episode uh, was was sort of highly touted in the uh, the trailers and stuff leading up to the start of the season, especially that one uh, sort of like throwaway line that <laughs> cut to the uh, the intro. You know, the dinosaurs on a spaceship. Um, obviously, kind of <laughs> in reference to uh, snakes on a plane. Yes. And I thought I thought this episode was just okay. I thought it was the weaker of the three episodes that we have seen so far. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it, I was kind of expecting it. Um, usually with Doctor Who, you kind of get that season opener, which is really strong. And then if not the second episode, but usually by the third or fourth, you do kind of get one of those like throwaway episodes that just doesn't really move the plot one way or the other like like last season it was the uh the pirate ship oh god i was gonna say that i'm glad you you felt the same (laughs) about it yeah that pirate ship episode was like it wasn't terrible i mean it's not bad but it's just like it just doesn't do anything you know it's just there i think initially it was supposed to be later in that season's run but then they bumped it up earlier because they brought those characters back in a good man goes to war last season yes yeah yeah yeah, I think you're right. And yeah, so the, that episode was rough. And th- this was better than that episode, I thought. But like you said, along the same lines where um, just just a throwaway little story. But it does continue the um, the trend of the Doctor completely disappearing. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute, I guess. So the Doctor is in Egypt, and he's hanging out with um, the Queen of Egypt, uh, whose name Queen I can't Nefertiti. remember now. <laughs> yes, Nefertiti. Thank you. Um, apparently helped her, you know, in some way or the other. She wants to straight up bone. Um, but he just takes her with him and goes to answer this, like, distress call, I guess. And also brings along this hunter um, from, like, the late 1800s, I guess. Um, was he a famous figure or was he just made up? I couldn't tell. I think he's just made up. Okay. that's what Like, I Wikipedia doesn't have an entry for his okay. name, so we're, right. we're trusting you, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't let us down. But, yeah, he was, like, just, like, complete, like, pure, like, machismo and just, like, uh, kind of a womanizer and... I guess maybe what you'd expect from that time period is very uh, sure of himself. So kind of a nice um, contrast to the, the queen um, who is obviously a, a very uh, strong, uh, strong female. So 
And then uh, also picks up Rory and Amy and Rory's dad. <laughs> and a lot of them go to a spaceship that is like on a crash course with Earth and they have to get it off its course before it gets so close to Earth or uh, basically the Earth Defense Force. I don't know what year this is supposed to be, but they're going to launch like missiles at it and just blow it up. And when the doctor gets there, he finds dinosaurs, and he's very excited about this. Which I thought was weird, because, like, he, he can just go back and see dinosaurs any time, can he? That's, that's, yeah, he could, but I think the fact that dinosaurs are on a spaceship. That's true. I guess he did clarify it was very much on a spaceship, was, was what had him so And, and especially since he knows it was, like, the year, whatever it was, like, 2000, probably something. Probably. That's true, and yeah. he should be the only one who can time travel, so yeah. that's a good point, yeah. So someone found dinosaurs. Um... So basically, um, Filch from Harry Potter, if anyone yeah. watches Harry Potter in the movies. It, it was um, quite a Harry Potter reunion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, because even um, Rory's dad was yeah. uh, the Weasley dad, right? Yeah. Um, so he's there. He's basically a poacher. Um, he likes to collect things and then sell them for lots of money. And that's what he wants to do with these dinosaurs. Um, he is trying to find the doctor because he's hurt and he wants the doctor to help him. Uh, which is a, another instance of him kind of playing with the the name Doctor. It, it seems like he knows who the Doctor is, but in reality, he just hears the title Doctor and wants him to to help make him better. Yeah. Um, and he even does like a, a full like body scan of the Doctor, and it finds no record of, of who he is, um, which is you know another like reference to the Doctor disappearing, because um, he has a scanner that like tells you like how much someone's worth. It's so I guess if it's worth him the guide to collect them and there was no record on the doctor so and then um yeah i don't know this episode not much happens i mean there's those two robots that i found just completely annoying yeah they were pretty annoying you're absolutely right um and yeah i just kind of went along of course the doctor got away the bad guy got what was coming to him you know that was pretty much it (laughs) i think that's important to note the doctor actually kind of killed that guy that's true. He Which is something weird that he doesn't do very often. That's true. I guess he gave him opportunities to try to He did. You know, he gave leave. him plenty of chances. And when he wouldn't, yeah, he finally like took the homing beacon that was on the ship and put it on this poacher ship. And so when the po- so the missiles started to targeting the poacher ship and killed him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> which is a little unlike the doctor, which we get a little bit of in the next episode, A Town Called Mercy. Um, this episode I thought was much better than the second one. Yes. Um, and just pretty, pretty fun to watch, uh, a new setting for the doctor. I don't know that I've ever seen him in a Western setting. I mean, at least not in the modern series anyway. I, you could kind of consider last season's opener ish. <laughs> they were in that. Well, desert. I guess that's true. Yeah. I kind of played on I mean, that. If, if you consider desert Western. ish. Yeah, that's true. I guess somewhat similar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the episode opens and this basically uh, assassin cyborg is killing someone and uh, another sort of play on the, the doctor's name, but he says that there's one left and it's the doctor, you know, that's the last person he has to kill. Paddle credits, of course, roll in as they often do uh, in the show. They leave you with a little like cliffhanger there, a little like oh, what, and then the song starts, which th- I love. This is a good time to note. Did you notice in the title credits they change the logo each week? <laughs> It changes each week. The, the the when it pulls up the Doctor Who, the the letters are formed of a different uh, like texture. Like the first week, it was like uh, the Dalek, like skin type of texture. Oh wow! The dinosaurs, it was more like uh, like reptilian like, kind of. Yeah, yeah, reptilian. And then I forget what it was for a town called Mercy, but 
Yeah, they, that's been changing up each week. That's awesome. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I noticed that the intro was a little different. It looks it, a little it darker is now this year compared to um, other years. But yeah, but I didn't notice that. That, that last like that title, Doctor Who, when it pulls up. Yeah, it's different. That's awesome. Wow, I'll have to look at that. Yeah, cool. Um, so then the Doctor and Rory and Amy somehow. Ex- explicably back together i don't know if they mentioned why they're together again because at the end of the second episode he dropped them off at their house and everything seemed to be okay so i'm not sure about that but what are you gonna do (laughs) so they which i guess maybe this upcoming fourth episode might go into something like that which we'll talk about in a little bit but um yeah they landed in the 1800s i guess just after the civil war uh, within five years of the civil war anyway and um find this town that's just completely, um, I don't know, it's almost like a ghost town on the outside. I mean, they go to a bar where most of the residents seem to be. He announces that he's the doctor and he's an alien, and then they begin to throw him out of town. Then um, an alien starts teleporting in the, the same cyborg from the beginning, threatens to kill the doctor. They bring the doctor back in because the sheriff, or the marshal, I guess, tells them to. And then we find the actual alien doctor that the cyborg is looking for. Um who apparently crashed onto there two years ago, helped the town recover from cholera, gave them, like, electricity and heat and all these things, and just seems to be a swell, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, until you turn, it turns out that he <laughs> took people from his own race and turned them into killing machines against their will, and then later tried to, basically, he says decommission, but I assume that means just kill them after yeah. the war that they were involved in was over. Did they also mention that while they were trying to build the killing machines, they, like, did so many tests and they probably lost a whole bunch of subjects? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it took them a few tries before they got it right. So, yeah, people died, too, just in the conversion process. Just to put more guilt on him. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I, I think it's kind of cool that you get a character like this who's basically got two sides to him. I mean, he's sort of trying to redeem himself now by helping these people and giving them electricity and heat and all these things, but it doesn't like take away what he did do. And I think the doctor sort of struggles with that um, throughout this episode. So at first he he goes crazy. I mean, he's really mad and he just wants to give this guy to the, uh, to the cyborg, uh, the gunslinger, as they keep calling him in this Western theme. And um, gets to the point where he actually kicks him out of town so the gunslinger can get him. Uh, but then Amy talks some sense into him. And I, with, with a great speech, I thought it was all around it was a really like kind of moving uh, speech that the, the two of them have. Where yeah. she you know, basically tells him, you know, this is why you can't be alone for so long. This is why you need someone with you because, you know, you, you tend to lose it. Uh, that, that's been a familiar theme before, I think. Yes. I, I think it was back when uh, after Donna left. And there was, like, those four mini-episodes leading up to David Tennant's leaving. Yeah, it was the one on Mars, right? Probably, yeah. yeah I think, I think the, like, the Waters of Mars or something, I think is yeah. what it was called. And when, when he basically rewrites history just because he can. Right, and then, and then the woman he saves ends up killing herself to set history right. Um, yeah. Because she knows she was supposed to die there. Yeah, I, I, that is something they've touched upon before, and it was kind of cool to bring it back and sets up, you know, the idea of bringing in a, a new companion one thing, too, I didn't realize until I read it online, but at some point the doctor uh, just sort of quips that he's 1,200 years old now, which yeah. in the start of last season, he was like 900 years old. And yeah. at the end of the season, I think they said he was like a little over 1,000. So he's I like, think he was like 1,100, I think. Okay. Yeah. So he so he's at least had 100 years like just by himself, um, just just traveling, which I guess shows shows his changing character a little bit here. Uh, but Amy talks sense into him. They bring the doctor back. Uh, the gunslinger says, okay, well, you've got till noon tomorrow. 
and then I'm basically just going to come into town and kill everybody. You know, I've tried to be peaceful about this. I'm like, you guys just give him to me. You haven't done it, so I'm going to come in and take care of business. And so um, I guess, you know, they kind of set up a plan. They're going to try to help the this alien doctor escape, but he decides that he's going to take his own life uh, to end his own suffering and guilt and to also prevent the gunslinger from having to kill another person. Um, which I thought worked, worked pretty well. So he goes to his ship and he just blows it up. And then the sort of cheesy, but the gunslinger ends up becoming the, the marshal of the town. Um, yeah. And it, another like kind of play on, you know, the doctor in the, the beginning of the episode, it opens with this narration from this little girl, like talking about this, um, this alien who lives forever and how he watched over the town. Um, and, you know, you just think like, okay, she's talking about the doctor because everyone's always talking about the doctor. But then in the end, it's clear that she's actually talking about the the gunslinger, the cyborg, who became Marshall and just lived forever watching over the town. Just sat, sat on his mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just looked over the town. Um, so I think it's kind of cool that they've really stuck to this theme of, like, the doctor just off of everyone's radar. Um, because it does get to a point, I especially felt during the David Tennant years, where, like, he just becomes so well-known um, I think that's something they really tried to push in those David Tennant uh, seasons with, like, Torchwood and stuff and people hunting him down and humans being, like, completely aware of him and aliens and, like, that it's just a common occurrence. Even the past two seasons where, like, he gets phone calls from people like Winston Churchill just calling him up and Yeah, absolutely. Asking. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, so it, it does get, like, to be a bit much. So I do uh, appreciate that they're really sticking with this fact that he's, I mean, he's gone, you know, that everyone thinks he's dead and... That's just how it is, with the exception of, obviously, Amy and Rory, who know that he is well and alive. And probably a few other individuals. Yeah, well, that's true. create problems for him, probably in the future. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, and then the this episode ended with a little trailer for the upcoming episode, where it looks like uh, it's entirely focused on Amy and Rory and how they're life is changed or basically how they live these two lives between just regular amy and rory when they're at home with their friends and their life when the doctor shows up and just plucks them up to go on some crazy adventure uh because for a while now they have been on their own they don't continuously travel with the doctor they just kind of pick up when he needs them yeah um, and, and they're not they're not very clear on how long those gaps are in between right their adventures Although it does sound like it could be some amount of time because Amy and Rory, one of them even says, you know, like, we can't keep doing this. Our friends are going to notice that, like, we're not getting as old as they are, um, which I don't necessarily know how that works out. I mean, you'd think he'd drop them back off mere minutes after <laughs> he picks them up. But maybe I guess the doctors had problems in the past of being precise with <laughs> where, yeah, he, where he's landing true. in time. So maybe he, if you know, he's off a month or a few weeks maybe it does begin I, to I, add up over time i guess I, I think it's funny that they're more concerned about people worrying about their age whereas people wouldn't be worried that they're gone for a month they yeah just, <laughs> yeah they just travel a lot i guess yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so I, I think it looks like a neat episode patrick before we started recording you compared it to um the episode i want to say it was from the it had to have been the second season because Blink was the episode in the third season where they kind of did that, where it was an episode entirely focused on someone outside of the Doctor. So it was the second season with that uh, guy who, like, discovers the Doctor and wants to learn everything he can and joins that organization to try to find the Doctor, which yeah. really was a, a bad episode, I think. I mean, it, it's just different in a way that I'm not a huge fan of. 
Yeah. Like, I, I liked Blink. I thought Blink was done well. Blink's, like, one of the best episodes. Yeah. Easily. Like, that's the one, if you want to show this series to someone else, that's the yeah. one I always recommend. Which is so funny watch. because it's the it has so such little doctor in it. Yeah. Um, but it is funny. But I totally agree with you. It, it's such a great episode to, to be like, this is why you need to watch this show. But, yeah, back to this one that's coming out next week. I, I just think it's going to be slow-moving, slow-paced, and a lot of sto- – it's going to be very story-driven, I think, preparing for the episode the week after, which is going to be the departure. Yeah, the departure of yeah Amy and Roy. I agree. This is going to be a very um, – just sort of emotional and just, um, pin- just very pinpointed on the two of them and their relationship and their decision to maybe stop traveling with the Doctor. Um, but I, I look forward to it. You know, you never know what you're going to get. Um, but we'll see. But you, like you said, the well, not that you said, but sort of alluded to, there's not very much Doctor in that trailer, so it would make it seem like there's not going to be very much Doctor in the episode, which isn't bad, but I do agree that it, it's going to be sort of a precursor to two weeks from now, or I guess a week from now by the time this episode comes up, um, which seems like the really exciting episode, and that's the, the Angels Take Manhattan I'm I'm kind of sad that that episode's only going to be an hour long. Like it's an hour long just journey that they also have to deal with the departure. So. Yeah, you're saying versus like being a two parter or something. Yeah, yeah. Like like for, with something like that, I wish it was a two parter. At least like the Christmas specials, those are always like an extra twenty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. That's true. I guess it depends how much of this upcoming episode really like outlines the departure of Amy and, and Rory. I mean, they, this could very well be them making the decision that they're going to stop traveling with the Doctor, and then this ep- the episode in Manhattan is, you know, where they say goodbye. But maybe they've already made the decision. And But you're right, it, it's going to be hard to squeeze into an hour. But I'm excited. I'm excited to have the angels back um, yeah. and see what they uh, can do in that setting. And... It looks like there's uh, baby angels, too. I don't yeah. know if you remember. <laughs> I did. I saw that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more different kinds, so... And then uh, after that, there'll be one more episode this uh, half season, I think. I believe that's right. And at I Christmas would... time, it'll be. What's that? It'll be at Christmas. Oh, so will it just be the Christmas special? Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Angels Take Manhattan is on September 29th, and then the next one is Oswin's first journey with the Doctor in the Christmas special. Oh, so that doesn't even come up till Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're flying through this season then. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see how she uh, comes into things. I, I'm I'm really interested. I, I love that introduction for her. I just think that was really inventive to bring her in in the first episode, have her apparently die, and just see yeah. how the doctor is going to work that out. And how I think it was really great that they were they managed to keep it a secret because that episode had a few pre-screenings around, like in London and New York. That's true. Yeah, and I didn't and, hear anyone online like yeah, talk yeah. about it. I, I guess they had asked every single attendee to not let anyone know about it and it managed to not leak yeah i mean really impressive that is that really is i'm sure if you were looking for it you could have found it but it was the kind of thing where just casually on twitter you didn't see someone like retweet you know oh oswin's a dalek or something which is is really great even the fact that she was in the episode like no one knew that was even coming true yeah so yeah so i guess that's so far this season of uh doctor who i'm excited it's been good i'm glad glad to have it back um, it, it was a long break between, I guess it was the Christmas special last year was the last episode before. Yeah, and that Christmas special bunch. wasn't especially great. So no, not it, compared to the year before. Right, the Christmas Carol one so much better. Um, so yeah, it's fun to to have it back, and I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, next two episodes here. 
I imagine we'll probably just do another one of these in two weeks because I feel like there'll probably be a lot to talk about. Uh, we can yeah. take bets now. Patrick, I think, you, you think Amy and Rory will die, correct? Maybe not die per se, but the angels, they have that ability that they can like throw you back to a different part of time and just let you kind of die there. Like, and you that's think their way you, of death. I think right. that's going to happen. And you and think, think, think the doctor won't be able to find them? I don't think he will. And I also think that Amy and Rory will be separated somehow. Like they won't be able to go together. That's going to be that's going to be dark. Yeah. Well, Stephen Moffat, he said that it's going to be emotional and you're going to cry at the end. So yeah. I think that's what's got to have to happen to make yeah. you cry. <laughs> you're right. At least one of them getting sent back. I agree. Yeah. That some sort of separation um, will have to happen. It'll kind of be on the level. I think the only one that's ever been that sad to me is when Rose uh, departed. Yeah. And, ju- and then, just how and then she, she came left. back anyway. But. Well, that's true. She came back. But just her original departure and just how sad it was that, yeah. you know, she was alive, but she could never travel with the doctor again. And I, I think I agree with you. This could be something similar to that. Um, it definitely won't be a happy, cheery ending. That's for sure. So we will see. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. There we go. But that's uh, that's Patrick and Scott's uh, Doctor Who recap. <laughs> so uh, if you watch the show and you've got thoughts about the episode so far, uh, leave them in the talkback feed. And um, if you've got some predictions for where you think this this half season anyway will go and how Amy and Roy will depart, please uh, leave that as well. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I guess that's it. So uh, for Patrick, uh, this is Scott, and we'll see you guys later. Yep, see ya. <laughs>